This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3491 for Monday the 20th of December 2021. Today's show is entitled, My GitHub and Flickmetrix. It is hosted by Operator, and is about 26 minutes long, and carries an explicit flag. The summary is, bear with me as I go through my GitHub over the past year some real gems in here. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Packer Public Radio with your host operator. Today I'll be talking about kind of going over what I've stuff I've been working on and Flixmetrics, which I'm going down my HPR list in order of chronological order. I do have IT stories that I will go over eventually, but the next one on the list is been on there for a while since August is Flixmetrics. So while I'm doing Flixmetrics stuff, which is probably a five minute podcast, I'm going to kind of quickly go over the stuff I've been working on, uh, mainly Windows, Unix, Linux, and it's all in GitHub. So I will put the link in the show notes, obviously, to my GitHub, but I'm going to kind of quickly go over how I've been using GitHub and kind of probably incorrectly. But for the main thing is just a lot of my stuff is in a scripts folder. Some of it is sort of organized, but at least this time around, instead of having a giant foo.txt, which is where all my kind of one-liners and little small scripts are, everything is kind of organized a little. Well, let's see, we're breaking out into folders. So I'm not sure the right way to, to chop all this stuff up if each application needs to be its own repo, I guess. Anyways, um, I haven't actually studied or done any research, so I'm not looking for answers I can Google. But anyways, I'm using... GitHub mainly just to hold some of my content because my website, personal website, has kind of been blocked and nobody really blocks GitHub. So that has some advantages around, you know, custom binaries and code that would normally get flagged or executables or binary packages that normally get flagged by Windows specifically. It allows me to work around that. So quickly, anyways, we're going to go over, I don't know how chronological order or just, just order of of how I've got everything set up. First is about scripts. It's going to be main ones, auto hotkey. The only one I've added here, I have plenty of auto hotkey scripts that I don't use anymore. This one is a toggle high contrast in windows. And I've been playing around a little bit with high contrast mode in windows. I've been happy with it so far. There have been a few times and a few sites that do not follow the rules of high contrast mode. Excuse me. And that kind of tends to make things weird. Specifically, usually it's like when you're trying to select text, it doesn't follow the right uh, logic and you'll end up not seeing anything or buttons will essentially not be there that aren't there in uh, non-high contrast mode. So actually right now, it doesn't even look like I'm in high contrast mode. There we go. A lot of the websites have a, you know, dark mode or whatever. So sometimes it's hard for me to tell until I'm actually in an application or looking at the start menu that I'm actually not in high contrast mode. For me, it helps visually, whatever. Anyways, I'm, I'm rambling. Uh, auto hotkey, I have an executable. I have the auto hotkey source and a little screenshot. That's under the scripts folder. Nothing to be said there. Let's see, I've got some bash scripts. Uh, CS badgers for CrowdStrike, if you're into CrowdStrike. Not going to play claim to be any kind of expert in bash profile, but it... I was working on a bash profile CSTI 
is a CrowdStrike script that will pull threat intelligence. That's not super useful. Domain to IP basically will take a domain and convert that to any IP addresses that are attached to that domain using the website crt.sh and it will pull all the SSH certificates that exist that are that it knows about and then it will pull the IPs of those and then potentially scan them if I remember correctly. Anyways, uh, it's a little one-liner. Domain Recon is the best script to do a bunch of domain recon stuff. So if you have a bunch of websites and you want to quickly tell about things about them, that's a all think done in bash doesn't require anything else jetsy installer for docker inmet smartfast i think i did a podcast on this where it kind of semi-intelligently will scan the longer 172 to not ranges on b is a different script for updating plex which is a media server on b is a request system where you can request stuff to be downloaded so i wrote a little update script for on b don't even know if i've even updated that but it's an example plex cleanup script that one's actually kind of cool if you want to see some kind of interesting scripting as far as uh, regex inside of the find command for linux there's some pretty cool things you can do plex kernel panic search that was a fruitless effort trying to figure out why plex was crashing and whatever plex update script that one's pretty cool will update plex automatically and not run as root it runs it in a user land so it will put it all in its own thing. Not necessarily jailed, obviously, but it's for updating Plex outside of the the kind of a per-user setup. Uh, RMMP will clean, kind of clean up your folder. The RMMP and Plex cleanup scripts probably are the same thing. Yes, they're more or less the same thing. One of them is slightly larger with some different regex in it. So there is some instances where I'll rename something and then re-upload it because I forgot that I uploaded it. Stream to text. I did a podcast on that one. Subsonic set newest as default home screen. I gave up on Subsonic and switched to Flex for my streaming audio. Subsonic patches. I don't even remember that. The Flex metrics. Good movies. Sh. So I'll. That's what I was talking about. Basically, this pulls Flix metrics, which is a website that has like rankings and stuff for websites. Flickmetrics.com with an X. They have an API that will pull back a JSON, and I parse that JSON fairly simply, and then create a little movies list so I can see what good movies are out, and it works okay. That's pretty much it for the bash folder. Let's see what else we got, and I'll go over the rest of them quickly and let you go. CrowdStrike threat hunting, that's self-explanatory. There's some threat hunting scripts in there for CrowdStrike. Some JavaScript stuff, um, work in progress for a wish.com price filter that will have like the shipping information in there. This looks like a hack-in-the-box thing. Some JavaScript for something I don't remember. Anyways, like podcasts, posts. I'm not sure what that's for, actually. Universal Android SSL pinning bypass. If you've ever done any uh, stuff with Frida, or what's the other one? Frida is a tool that you can use to inspect, basically, mobile applications. And there's another one called Objection. With those two tools, you can do things like bypass SSL, try to bypass SSL pinning. This will do a bunch of different SSL pinning tricks, and it took me a while to find this. So that one's actually pretty cool. It's called Universal Android SSL Pinning Bypass with Frida. I think I renamed it to be more friendly because it took me a while to find that link again. That's pretty much all the Java stuff. Let's see what else we got. Windows, Batch, PowerShell. 
There's a bunch of Windows batch stuff in here, really fun stuff. CS Diag, that's for Windows. That will help you like uninstall, reinstall, CrowdStrike sort of. Sysmon Win, Win Logbeat Installer. This will automatically install Win Logbeat and Sysmon and set it all up for Helk. Android Deep Load and Dump. I took all the Android Deep Load scripts that I could possibly find, all the apps that I could possibly find that were in theory safe to disable or remove, and I wrote a script that will automatically pull down all the stuff you need, all the binaries you need, all the drivers you need to basically automatically debloat your phone, whether you're in Russia with whatever providers they have and you have a Samsung or if you've got some other branded phone and you're in the carrier. So carriers have their own adware and their own garbage and the manufacturers have their own garbage. So I have a Samsung with Verizon. So not only do I have bunch of crap on there from Samsung. I have a crap bunch of crap on there from Verizon. And then I also have crap on there from work. So there's like three different things. And the problem with Android is you can't just willy-nilly remove stuff because you might get in a boot loop crash, whatever, and you won't be able to actually boot the phone into any kind of whatever. So I haven't run this fully. I ran some pretty big ones, but I haven't run this one. It's a combination of every single script that I could possibly find they would remove malware. It's like or spyware or whatever you want to call it, junk, bloat. Anyways, Android Logcat will basically take the Android log file and analyze it because their battery analyzers are all garbage and they don't actually tell you what app is doing what. So this will create basically help you debug anything wrong with your phone, regardless of whether or not the apps tell you what's wrong with your phone. They don't. The battery apps, I had some issues with my Android and I would lay it down and it would idle hot. Then I did a full reset, same thing, idle hot. I would pick up the phone and it would be warm. And I kept using all these battery, better battery stats and all this other stuff. And it would ask for root and it, or it would ask for like the debug command. You'd have to like allow something through like ADB and like plug in the USB and do all this crazy stuff. And at the end of the day, it would be like Android kernel is using up 47% of your whatever. And it was just useless. So finally, for whatever reason, I was trying to figure out not do this which would ended up taking me like not even 30 minutes to write this script. Instead of doing that, I went through all these stupid battery app scripts that would hopefully tell me what was going on with my phone. But it was just like, the CPU is begged and we don't know why. So Android Logcat, it's pretty cool. Bleachbit Quick Kill will essentially take the, my Quick Kill script and combine it with Bleachbit. Bleachbit is weird. I don't really want to get into it, but I'll breeze over it. Bleachbit doesn't let you easily select all the options to uninstall. Now, if you've ever done CC Cleaner or C Cleaner, I'm sorry, it will remove a bunch of stuff and it's got a UI and they do have a command line thing, but they, it's weird that like if you're, if you haven't run it in a while, it'll be like, you need to download the latest one and we can't, we can't really run this. Or it's obviously, you know, doesn't want you to write it to use it for commercial or whatever. It's, it's just gotten bloated and, and just too corporate. So, I went to go update my own script that was called Quick Clean, and I realized that, you know, the thing was 15 years old or 10 years old, and I said, there's got to be something else out there that uses these same paths, essentially, because you're, all you're really doing with these cleaners is pulling out paths, file types, file extensions, and, you know, registry keys. So at the end of the day, that's all you need is like a list. So I found this stuff on GitHub, and I started searching around, and there's a couple of cleaners out there, and Bleachbit seemed to do have the latest and greatest and the most complete killing apparatus of all the junk that you don't need. Now, the cool thing about this bleach bit quick kill is it does a few extra things. It will create, it'll run the normal, it runs the normal cleaner, the normal Windows cleaner, which is called Clean Manager. 
and it does some registry key stuff to set basically all of the permission, all of the options in the clean manager and will run it automatically. Then it also does kind of deletes temporary stuff that's in temporary folders like temporary internet files. This is only, this is per user now. Now bleach bit from what I understand only runs on this, the, the host that it's on or the username that it's under. This little delete all users, which will pull every single user and delete like the history and the temp file and the cookies and the recent and the temporary internet files. So it'll remove all that stuff from all the users. And that's kind of what I kind of liked about my quick clean is that it would do it for all users and not just the user that you're currently logged into. So next thing it does is it downloads Beatbitch, the latest or 4.4.0. We'll download that automatically, run it. And it will uh, basically update itself. It will enable all the options and run it. The cool thing about this is before it does all that, it will kill, it will download the latest version of my quick kill script and kill everything that doesn't need to be running on the system. Now you can customize it if you have like a blue screen or want something to run. Why you wouldn't want something to run. Anyways, if you, if you have a blue screen after quick kill runs, then you know you need to add some kind of item in there and actually save the log. So if you do crash, you can see the last couple of executable so got killed before you got a blue screen but i've run it on i don't know 50 different not 50 maybe 20 different systems and never had a problem with it so it kills everything that's not running now the thing about windows unlike linux or unix you can delete a file while it's in use for the most part windows will lock often lock files even just for if they're being read now if they open them up to read write obviously they're going to be blocked too so when you use quick kill along with bleach bit and my cleaner scripts it will kill everything that's not needed, and then that way it's able to clean up after all the temp files that all these things have, have laid around. I would say on a system that's never run it before, it would take about, I want to say like 30, not 30 minutes, up to 30 minutes, maybe 5 to 10 minutes on average. If you've never run it and on a multi-user system before, it can take as little as 2 or 3 minutes on a solid-state drive or whatever. Anyways, that's enough of um, my cool cleaner script, Bleach Bit Quick Kill. Uh, Bloodhound Portable is a script that I created to automatically run Bloodhound and collect all the stuff for kind of blue team or pen testy stuff. I do have a static zip file with all the binaries in here, but I released this bat script just to make everything less complicated because... Uh, Neo 4J is overly complicated to install and or get running with this whole setup. And it's really only one line of one line of code to get it to run. Having the right Java version and having the right one liner and including all these whatever. It it's just silly. The whole process that that Bloodhound tells you to do is just like all this for no reason. Anyways, it will run all this stuff and do all this cool stuff for you. And it's just an example of, of how to run Portable Bloodhound, which is takes way too long to set up. Blue Team Portable uses runs Loki and kind of an IOC and some other stuff. That one kind of got depreciated anyways. Um, runs Loki and it also runs something else. I think that's pretty much it, actually. Shockley Sigwin, this is what that's a script that I run on new Windows machines. It will first off kind of debloat. It'll run all the debloat scripts that I've been able to find for Windows. Never had any issues. It will install Chocolatey and it will install a bunch of different or a few different things. Notepad++, iPhoneView, and you can customize this, whatever you want, obviously. And then it will download Sigwin Portable, which I use a lot too on different systems. 
Chocolate, Sokovi PN tunnels. I've got Linux stuff coming. I'm going to try to go through this. There's only a few more. Split test tunnel. So if you've ever had to, this is for VPN stuff and Cisco VPN, and this can work for any VPN client. In Windows, you can actually change your gateway if you have the rights to do so. Now, strangely enough, normal users do not have um, network operators group for some security reasons, which makes sense. If you're a user and you can change the, the direction your packets go, that's kind of a security issue. But the way the Internet is now, you basically do have network operators, but not at the level that you would want to. Anyways, this script will back up your current gateway and set it to whatever you want your new gateway to be. And then when you toggle it off, it will flip back to the old gateway. And there's some stuff in there like cleaning cache and whatever. This is basically if you're on site somewhere and they have a, you want to kind of essentially split tunnel with a VPN, you can do that without actually having that capability. So a lot of these VPN clients will tunnel all your traffic over the VPN. With this particular setup, if they allow you to basically send packets that way, then it will work. You can, however, run this script and it won't actually do anything because the way the VPN is set up is that it, it, for whatever reason, somehow is able to block that traffic. So I've had, I've run it sometimes before and it doesn't actually, when my current, I think my current VPN setup, it doesn't let you actually do that. Even though you can change the default gateway and change the default route, it doesn't actually work for some reasons unknown. Um, it may be just like a, a metric version, a metric meaning uh, which system or which interface to use in what order. Um, anyways, that doesn't seem to work all the time, but it still might be useful. Uh, dump Windows info back. That's really cool. It will pull DX info, DX diag info, battery info, and MS info and pull it all on one, one, two different files and give you some information about your system. Uh, Jetsy client installs Jetsy client, automatically runs it. Process mitigation. I think I pulled this from somewhere. This is a bunch of stuff for security, whatever. That's not super interesting. Star pound. I've already talked about that. This is, yeah, we'll run star pound. See, Windows hardening debloat is my way, my combination of three different scripts, three or four different scripts that do debloat and security stuff. Hardening. That's a PowerShell script. So that should actually be in PowerShell scripts. Windows packet capture is a kind of a crackerjack way to create a TCP dump downloading a very small, very small binary that's called ETL to PCAP PNG, which will kind of make a, uses Windows 10 or Windows default packet capture and then converts that to a PCAP file that you can open in something like Wireshark. Another really cool one is YouTube DL FFmpeg RSC2 updater downloader.bat. It's not using YouTube DL anymore because it just recently got deferred or whatever. So now it's YTD-something. Anyways, YT-DLP instead of YouTube DL. So it's more of that. That's a pretty cool script. You give it a list of files or of media you want to download. And not only will it multi-thread downloading it, it will multi-thread download it and download everything on the list at once. So YouTube DL or YouTube dash, sorry, YT dash DLP will download a list, but it won't download a list all at once. It will only download one file, one media thing type at a time. You can tell it's a multi-thread, which means it's called swarm downloading or multi-thread downloading. If you've ever done a torrent, that's essentially what you're doing is you're swarm downloading something multi-threaded. So with this, you can give it a list of, say, 15 different websites with 15 different media files on them each. 
and it will download all of those essentially at once, not necessarily at once. It has a timer of 30 seconds to actually wait for that file to start to download. And then it kind of checks and you can skip the timer or whatever. But anyways, if you want to download lots of content extremely fast from YouTube or wherever you can use that, it's, it's a great script. I use it a lot. What I would say, there's also a script that's called, or there's a plugin that's called bulk media downloader and turbo download manager. Those are actually pretty cool too. Turbo Download uh, Manager and um, Bulk Media Downloader will kind of like a packet sniffer for your Chrome browser. And it will get you those media URLs. You can copy and paste them into at mass to into into your downloader. So pretty cool. There's some other things you can do to bypass authentication-based media. You can run it through a proxy through something like Burp Suite. And Burp Suite will keep all your cookie sessions and stuff. And you can just feed that and say, okay, I want you to use Burp Suite. I want you to use YouTube Downloader, but I want you to proxy it through Burp Suite so Burp Suite can handle all the authentication for me. So you grab your authentication cookies from Burp Suite and then run YouTube DL through Burp Suite and you'll have your authentication. So that's a fun, fun little project that I've been poking around with a fair amount. I think that's pretty much it for Windows, fortunately. Uh, Clean Manager is the same thing. It, it just runs Clean Manager. It's a lighter version of Bleach bit. Quick kill again is quick kill. Kills a bunch of stuff. That's it for Windows. Thank God. Uh, let's see what else we got. The batch scripts I went over. So that was Linux stuff, threat hunting, JavaScript I went over, PowerShell. I've got some more or less PowerShell notes. There's not a super interesting folder. It's not super interesting. There's some tracking stuff I can you can disable with PowerShell scripts. Wake on LAN, all written in PowerShell. That's actually kind of cool. That allows you to turn on a computer when it's off. Basically, how TVs don't turn off now, computers don't really turn off either. And then the notes is just a bunch of random notes with my awful PowerShell. The other one in scripts following is just kind of closing out the scripts folder. The rest should be downhill. Foo.txt is from my actual website, and I ported it over to GitHub so that it can be more accessible, and I can update it and put better notes in there or whatever. So that's it for the scripts folder. The other things in here are CrowdStake, real-time response PowerShell scripts. Actually, some of these are just generic PowerShell scripts that you can use anywhere. Some of them are specific to different things, like clean all users. There's a, a CrowdStrike PS Falcon thing that will run and do stuff offline. There's a recon script, which is actually kind of useful. There's a force delete, which will take ownership of files running a system and we'll take ownership of them so you can actually delete them. There's some web nav stuff. There's the PCAP thing. So that one's kind of cool if you like doing uh, IRR incident response stuff. These Some of these PowerShell scripts are pretty useful. That's it for that folder. We got a Python folder, CrowdStrike hide, which hides systems that haven't the duplicates and that don't kind of exist or haven't been phoning in right. Gone phishing was a work in progress. Don't really want to talk about that one. I'm in the Python folder. Mimecast URL protection. That's kind of cool. If you have, if you're a Mimecast person, if you're a Mimecast user at your company, this will allow you to scan any URL using uh, Mimecast protection API that I kind of handicap wrote. Sweep rounds also another project that um, kind of the work in progress that was supposed to dump a daily kind of a daily digest of all the chat, different chat clients and Twitters and mumbles and all that stuff into one single HTML document and you can review every day. That's it for Python. Xplain folder has got a bunch of Xplain stuff in there that I started to go down a tangent with. I haven't messed with it in four months. So there's some ideas in here that are really cool. 
if anybody wants to reach out to me for X-Plane automation, scripting, um, plugins, let me know. I tried to get into the VATSIM scene and it's just, I wasn't able to pass any of the tests and I just don't have enough time for it. And it seemed fun to do at the time, but then like anything, I get obsessed with something for about two weeks and then I move on. So this is really cool uh, links in here about different plugins for X-Plane, which is a flight simulator. It's been around for ages and they had a, a VATSIM, which is a virtual simulator for air traffic control. So they're all serious about everything. And it's, it's fun stuff to, to be involved in for, for however little I was. Uh, Sigwin Portable Installer, which is what get referenced in the Sigwin chocolatey script that I use, which will automatically download Sigwin and install all the fun stuff, Bash Funk and a bunch of other cool things. Digger was a script I originally wrote for if you have people that are Karma Black Response, they're uh, cloud APIs. Uh, wildfire, if you've done any wildfire API key stuff and, uh, carbon black response stuff, that's under the digger folder. Portable blue team that kind of fell apart because I realized that nobody uses Yara or not Yara. Nobody uses, what's the name of this app? It's like recall, R-E-K-A-L. Not a whole lot of people use it and it's kind of getting depreciated. So there's things like, and I could do a podcast on this, but it's not super interesting. There's a work in progress for a kind of an, open source ER kind of tool. It's called blue, blue something, blue snarf, blue purple, blue smurf or whatever. It's kind of interesting. Lame DN map is basically a distributed in map where you can, you know, set SSH key up on a bunch of servers and perform scans and kind of a batch capacity. So you can scan a bunch of systems all at once with, with in map. I think that's pretty much it. Thank God for GitHub. And I want to say the only other really updates I have, and this is a year's worth of stuff, so bear with me. That's pretty much it. Burp Portable got updated. That's on my actual website. I don't put that on GitHub because I don't necessarily, it's not necessarily legit per se. Proxy stuff, not really much anything useful here. I think that's pretty much it. Anyways, that's a dump of all my interesting stuff. It looks like my movies file doesn't actually work right now. Their API goes up and down. So I'm going to say I have accomplished this Flixmetrics task and I'm going to let y'all go and stop the rambling. I'll have a link to my GitHub. It's pretty standard. Just under the scripts folder should be everything and you should be good. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. Today's show was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hosting for HBR is kindly provided by anhonesthost.com, the Internet Archive and rsync.net. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.